the red button now. That's what everyone says. Don't press the red button. In rec on recording software, the red button <laughs> is is kind of the only important one. <laughs> there's all, there's like two buttons, go and and stop, and they're both the red button. <laughs> well, seems counterintuitive. <laughs> I mean, I guess it could be green, but you know, some people are colorblind, so uh, does red show up for colorblind people? I don't think so either. I think it's green and red. <laughs> I think colorblind people are fucked. Actually, I'm thinking about it. Rit. Yeah. Uh, hey, cat. Phenomenal. Hey. Hey, abs. How's it going? You know, I'm a little strung out. Um, there's a lot going on in the world. Uh, yeah. Hi, welcome to Canada's first podcast. My name is Abigail Kelly. I'm with Cat. Uh, and I think uh, we're gonna we. Ooh, we're going to talk about some really infuriating stuff today. Oh, delicious. Because I okay. feel like it's it's been a while since we raged against the publishing establishment. Oh, let's and do it. I need a good rage. And I know you love a good rage. I can tell by the fact that mm -hmm. you're naked right now <laughs> that you love to rage. So I do. I thought I, do. I thought that you would be a great uh, guest for this episode, not least of reasons being you are in fact a publishing professional as some of us are perhaps only nominally <laughs> <laughs> called uh and i i'm just you know we're gonna do it today buddy we're gonna do it to it because we're why not yeah yeah we're not gonna fix the world problems oh, but we will complain about all of them certainly not gonna fix fuck all <laughs> I was explaining the concept of this episode to my mom yesterday, and she was like, wow, that all sounds terrible. Why don't you try and fix it? What are you going to do to fix it? And I was like, mm, this isn't on me, fam. I no. I don't got... I, I, I don't... Nah. Nah. I don't know what we're talking about, but considering you're talking about the publishing industry, yeah. who like just figured out how to get online because of COVID... Uh -huh. It's probably out of our probably control. Probably out of my reach, my my scope. You know, I'll, if, leave, if I'll we leave that to, to the Brandon Sandersons <laughs> of the world because I I don't I don't think I got it. To describe, I was describing to my sister how we have to pair bills mm -hmm. like for each publisher and how yeah. different. Like, I mean, to be fair, some publishers are great. Thank you, Brendan. Just um, popped in to drop by alcohol. I assume. Yes, I have a gin and passion fruit cocktail. Brendan will be back on to do another kilted episode at some point in the near future because I live to torture him. Your episodes are phenomenal. They're they're very good. I have all of the books now. So I I want to do this is a huge interlude, but uh, there is so where Brendan sits to record, there's a chair right across from his desk. You just want to sit and, and watch. I just want to sit and watch him like absolutely lose his shit. <laughs> like I won't be able to hear you, but just based on his. <laughs> Expression. That is a really good idea. I would love I know, to. Right? I'd love to see him make eye contact with you as he's just struggling to contain the fact that he wants to explain the bullshit I just yes. said. Yeah. Oh, he does. Oh, we also have another episode idea that we want to do with you. Oh, terrifying! I love it. Uh, we want to. We want to do it together, all three of us. <laughs> God, yeah. You don't have to prep at all. All, all. It's me and Brendan prepping the episode, and what we want to do is we want to pitch you romance books ideas. Yes. 
I, I'll take it. That's content, baby. I'll take it. That sounds great. Because honestly, we do it all the time anyway. That is true. We're like, hey, we should make a romance book on this. And be like, hey, I, I wonder if Abigail will like it. And then. <laughs> and then you just never tell me. And so the ideas no. die. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Also, I'm pretty sure you'd hate all of them. Oh, almost certainly. But I can pretend. <laughs> I can indulge. Yeah. 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 Um, fun. Yeah. So speaking of indulging, um, I. I don't know if you know this, but I'm a little bit of a fucking nerd. What? And I you? I have many of my textbooks. You can't see me because I've got a green screen. Hey, I know that one. This one? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm gonna take my, my green screen off because I am currently in a spaceship. But I don't I shouldn't be on a spaceship right now. I should be in the meat space with spaceship you. with some with some aliens. Yeah. Hi, now I'm back in my closet. Hello, friends. Mm. Um, much so more boring. I got, I got my textbook. Give me liberty. And it's pretty good. It's pretty good. As you can it's see, it still bad. has many of my notes in it. Here's some, hold on, here's my ASMR. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. made me tingle. By neural baby. <laughs> okay. So it's pretty, this thing is pretty busted. I have, I have more than broken the spine. I have... I have destroyed it. Um, it has many of my notes still in it, but it's relevant to today because I wanted to ask you, Kat, if you oh know what a trust is. A trust, like, in legal terms? Well, certainly not, like, metaphorical terms. <laughs> I'm holding a textbook. Okay, what do you think it's going to be? <laughs> okay. A trust, a trust is... Uh oh god. See my mom is also in the financial business, so I'm feeling it. Wow. A little more a little worse. Wow, you fucked up already, huh? Yeah. Um a trust is not a will, but it is a way to leave your assets. Wrong one. Oh, really? Yep. That is also correct. There are multiple legal terms for trust, but that's not it's the wrong one. Think of my boy Teddy Roosevelt. You know, you know my boy. Teddy Roosevelt is your boy? <laughs> do you know this? When did that develop? How oh, do we not know years that? Years ago. Why do you think? Why do you think Teddy's name is? Stop <laughs> it! How did I not know that? Well, it was accidental. He's not intentionally based on, and or in fact, at all based on Theodore Roosevelt. But Theodore Selborne okay with that. is, yeah, no, Teddy Roosevelt was an extremely controversial figure. <laughs> um, I am aware. He is also my favorite president because he was an absolute madman. Um, he was. He really though. Yes, his, his energy was out of control. Um, no, but when I was coming up with the ideas for the first, like, actual go-around of writing the book, I was watching the Ken Burns documentary on the Roosevelt's on loop. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, because they comfort me in my heart. Um, so that's, <laughs> I didn't realize till years later that that's probably where the name came from. But, um, so think of Teddy Roosevelt. Think of something that he did. Something real big that he did. Uh, the National Parks. Fucking God, you're really just missing the mark. No, trust. The antitrust laws of 1890. Oh. oh Obviously, oh, I, the Sherman antitrust laws. Yes, 100%. And you're absolutely right. How how dare I how dare I miss that piece of history? Wow. I can't believe it. In this economy, literally. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so we're talking today. Oh, wait a second. Okay. I know exactly what you're talking about now. <laughs> oh, oh, did you get there eventually? Did, did you get there? I did. Okay, so what are we talking about? <laughs> what are we talking about, Kat? What are we, we talking are... about? <laughs> Oh, I'm sweating. We <laughs> we are talking about the fact that right now, uh, uh, Penguin Random House is trying to buy Simon and Schuster, or what I call PRH versus this butt. So, <laughs> uh, Penguin Random House is attempting to buy Simon and Schuster, which is a large publishing house in itself. Um, it's it it is like it qualifies as one of the big five, right? Simon and Schuster. Yeah. Right. So there's there used to be um, way back when many, many large ish publishing houses in the United States. Um, And over time, those publishing houses have consolidated and consolidated and consolidated to what we now know as the big five, which is really more like the big three. Um, PRH is probably the biggest monster of, it is yeah it is yeah so, it, it owns like a by if, far if they buy simon and schuster if they if it is approved by the government that the purchase can go ahead they will own i i saw i don't I'm not gonna be able to quote it now but i think it's like a third of the world's publishing market share jesus christ um for perspective uh just for you know audience members so you get uh there's a rep a representative for each uh publisher that um you know i meet with and i buy from um and at most you'll have two from each publisher you'd have like an adult and kids for penguin random house it's it's five it's monumental five separate reps that i talk to because so while they are these huge companies are monoliths they also have they're sort of like um, an organism made up of many smaller organisms. Yeah. So what and those organisms are called imprints. So they'll snap up like a small publishing house here, a, a small publishing house here. Yeah. They'll strip it of everything that pretty much makes it what it is. They'll keep the name. They'll try to keep the editors. A lot of times the editors will leave because they don't want to work for a monster. Um, and those imprints will work under their own name and kind of be their own thing. Um, but they report to Big Daddy PRH. Um, so yeah. of those divisions, like if it's a big enough imprint, like we'll have our own rep for that. Or like, you know, it'll be its own. It'll be divided up by like. Distributed what? and yeah. non-distributed. Yeah. It, like stuff like that. Or even if it's big enough, like age group, <laughs> like YA, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Um, so that's what we're dealing with. And as of last year. Um, it was announced that PRH wanted to buy Simon & Schuster, and the Department of Justice went, whoa, 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 hold up there, Bronco. That sounds like a monopoly. Um, yeah. And if you remember anything from your <laughs> textbooks, if you were... <laughs> what? You know, my fear is slipping? Honestly, I wish this, and I wish your podcast sometimes had videos so everyone could see what you just did. Same. It was very elegant. It's like a mad lunatic. <laughs> I feel like it. I, I also feel like I keep flipping through and seeing my like absolutely unhinged notes. I do very, I do sometimes just read this textbook again because I, I, 
I was going to ask you if that was actually a textbook you got for your class it was. or for fun. It was. I, it was for one of my buy textbooks. One of my best classes I ever I ever took was with uh, Professor Adams, who was a really really great um, teacher who kept trying to get me to go become a history major. <laughs> I took I took honors uh, honors history with him and he was like he's like you are you sure you don't want to be a history major like you could absolutely do it if you did it I'm just like Mr. Adams you're really nice I'm not doing that I want to make less money as a writer um, <laughs> <laughs> but I do I love history I love history and I love American history it's so fraught and so weird and so nasty um just the stickiest mm-hmm. little ball of nonsense um so I do sometimes just kind of read it for comfort and read about all the horrible things in our past um which is why it looks the way it looks which is a totally absolutely completely ragged um but if you know anything about history of of the united states that you have heard the words trust you've heard the words monopoly you've heard the words trust busters um you've even heard the sherman antitrust act of 1890 oh my god ridiculous (laughs) Um, because what was happening in the Gilded Age, uh, which was like the 1920s, right, mm-hmm. um, was basically American industry hit its stride um, in the post-World uh, War One era. And there were no regulations. And there were the industry was so new at the scale that it was at that they didn't really realize at the time what damage could be done if, say, one company... Uh, let's just throw out a name here by say owned by I don't know Andrew Carnegie, um, <laughs> just some rando. Uh, if if all these companies are owned by this person, it can basically put all of the power in one company's hands, and then they can fix prices, they can um, get out of regulations. They have an inordinate pull on an industry that harms everybody in the long run. It harms consumers, it harms the industry, it harms the government. So there was a ton of these companies like this that were just buying up everything because there was no regulations to stop it yet. So the trust busters came in, they decided, you know what, no, we need to stop this. And so they decided that the government had the um, responsibility to break up trusts and monopolies on an industry when they arose. So that leads us to today. PRH is being sued by the Department of Justice. Interestingly, they are not using the words monopoly or trust, really, in the legal briefs. But they are framing it that way i just didn't see the words which i found very interesting i don't know exactly what the point of that is there has to be a reason they're not doing it but maybe i just missed it that's totally possible i did cursory research i mostly was on twitter um <laughs> no that's why i did a lot of it on uh, uh publishers weekly because they've been really doing most of the really good reporting on it um yeah they have um so uh what they framed it as is this deal should it go through will fundamentally harm authors. Not the industry, not the consumer, specifically authors. And that's a really interesting angle to take. That's a, that's a very interesting angle to take. And because they took huh. that angle, Kat, ooh, Katarina, ooh, ooh, it's interesting. You know why? Yeah, because, because because they did that, cat. Because they did that. 
we get all the nasty little secrets. We get all the nasty little secrets about what authors are paid, uh, uh, how much oh, their marketing smart. budgets are, what agents do. What we have gotten by framing this not as something that is a wider business issue, but as a actual personal issue about author, um, like the, the authors who are, are doing the labor to make these books, we have gotten all of the nasty, like all of oh, the tea. It. It's everywhere. It's great. I mean, it's infuriating, but it's great. So basically oh, everything that people knew is like out like we knew we knew this was how it was but no one said it no one ever said it they said it under oath phenomenal so that's what we're talking about today bud how do you feel how do you feel about that oh my god i i'm i'm actually it's interesting i'm i'm kind of conflicted because i know this seems like a really like yes this is a very big deal for my day-to-day job Mm -hmm. it's not really going to change anything no if this were to happen bookstores honestly would be affected the least and they might even benefit partially from it yeah only because penguin random house is such a huge company they they kind of have things down pat you Mm -hmm. know so like it's not i don't really think that there are adverse effects maybe i'm wrong but me personally i don't think there are adverse effects necessarily for bookstores but framing it for authors Mm -hmm. and knowing how fucked authors are in this industry in general so interesting and and way more important it's a way more important conversation well the the thing is it doesn't in the immediate moment affect bookstores but it will but it will it absolutely will so i i was really thinking about it because i was stewing last night i was i was up to like midnight reading through all this stuff and really i kept like waking my mom up because we were i'm at grandma's house and so i was like sharing with my mom and i was reaching over to tap her shoulder be like mom (laughs) mom Do you believe this? Um, and she's like, wow, yeah, it sounds awful. I don't know. What are you going to do about it? I'm fucking nothing. I don't know. Get mad about it. But yeah. um, so the trickle down effect is that the, the DOJ is submitting before the court is that by harming authors, um, they will eventually PRH and Simon Schuster, which a lot of this has been framed around the fact that they are the biggest right now, two of the biggest bidding competitors and so once they are no longer bidding against each other yeah ah, interesting what happens so prh has been um i don't remember if it's prh or if it's simon schuster um one of them has been paying out really 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 big advances lately to a small handful of authors but the list is like it jumped super high people were like what's going on the doj posits that once they are acquired by Simon by sorry PRH, they will drop that because they don't need to. No, there's no competition. No that. competition, exactly. It's no competition. So that then will affect the ecosystem of okay, writers not being paid as much because they won't be bidding as high. Uh, gotcha. They will then probably cut the amount of books they are acquiring, which then will mean that there are less books being printed. Mm. So it's not immediate. But it's, but it's eventual, certainly. Oh my God, you're totally right. It will, it will cause book shortages. Yeah. Uh-huh. Huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Messy, Interesting. messy, 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 messy. So very messy. I want also not just not to even think about all of the actual smaller authors who are. Oh, oh, 
Oh, okay. So fucked in general. Let's start with my path here because I feel like that's a really good kind of grounding place. Um, if you listen to the podcast before, you know that I've been trying to get published for a long time. Um, and I recently had two books come out that I published myself. Um, and I resisted for a very long time wanting to self-publish because self-publishing is hugely difficult. <laughs> like if you really want to do it, it is so, so much work. Um, of course, you so anyone can just publish a book online if they want to. But if you're really making a go at it, it's a ton of work because it's you're yeah. a small business. Um, it's all on you. Yeah, it's all on you. If you are traditionally published, which is to say that you are published by a medium to large publishing house, um, you are uh, getting paid up front. Mostly. We'll get to that. Um, you are getting a hopefully a publicist. You're getting several editors. You're getting copy editing service. Uh, you're getting developmental edits. Not to mention the fact that you had to get an agent who helped you develop your book at this point before you even right. got to a publisher. Sign first. a contract. Sign a contract. You got an agent. The agent helped you develop your work. The agent then sold your work to a publisher who then pays you. They work on it. They do the cover design. They get it into bookstores, so on and so forth. In a perfect world, all of that goes smoothly. You are paid a decent amount of money. And that's how publishing works. Your book comes out one to two years later. Huzzah. Everything's great. Hopefully you sell all of the books that they printed. Hopefully you make back the advance because the reason it's called an advance is because they're giving you what they estimate you will make in royalties ahead of time. Yeah. And then you have to make that money back with book sales before they will give you any royalties in the future. So you can see how this system could perhaps have some weaknesses. Well, COVID exposed all of those weaknesses. Yeah. I wanted to be traditionally published because I wanted to have other people there who knew what they were doing, who were experts in their field to help me do it. Um, I didn't really care about the prestige thing or like I wanted I want to get my stuff in bookstores, but also like I also know that a lot of books don't sell in bookstores. <laughs> you know, that's not a, true. That's not a factor of success there. Um, that just kind of is a cool thing. I don't know. Like, that's a weird thing for a bookseller to say, but we return a lot of books. Um, yeah. So I I I wanted people who knew what they were doing to help me because obviously I don't know how to do everything. And they have reach and they have influence that I don't have. Um, and being traditionally published can open doors to things like international publishing rights and like movie deals, stuff like that. If you're really oh, getting yeah. high up there, there's a lot of stuff that can come with being traditionally published that can come with, you know, if you get so, so, so lucky, independent publishing, but usually it doesn't. Yeah. Um, and then COVID happened and the entire system broke down in such a way that it was like watching. <sighs> so we have this thing. It, where I live called the dumpster train. <laughs> and every day somebody comes by with a truck and they pick up all of the dumpsters that are around my uh -huh. development. And it's just, and there's a bunch of roundabouts in my house. So it's basically like a truck pulling a train of six, seven, eight dumpsters full of trash around these roundabouts around and around they go and they all make this beautiful little tinkling sound as the chains rattle between them it's like ding 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 ding, ding. <laughs> um and that's kind of what it was like watching publishing except if the dumpster train ran into i don't know a larger dumpster and then exploded <laughs> 
You know, I'm pretty sure there's a movie with that. Yeah. Yeah. It just everything broke down. The the supply chain broke down. Books weren't being printed. Bookstores shut down. Um, agents stopped acquiring books because there was no one buying books. Um, you know, agents were they taking halted publishing books. They pushed back dates for publishing books that like indefinitely. Um, like we're still dealing with this. This isn't over. Yeah. It's just kind of no slightly better. Um. However, uh, I I I was trying actively to get published just as this all happened. I had sent a bunch of query oh, letters. Oh, so brutal! It was awful, and I had like a really good book that people really liked. No one was taking new clients, so I was getting these responses back that were like, "Hey, this is amazing! Don't change a thing." I don't. I can't sell it. I don't know what to do. So sorry, I'm not yeah. gonna pass. And that was fucking brutal. Um. However, I also, like, at that point, I saw how publishing was really fully off the dumpster train rails, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Then I'm just going to do it myself, because I feel like I can make a go at this. I feel like I know enough now. And I don't know what you are doing, traditional publishing, for authors that I would not end up having to do for myself anyway, because authors are not getting the support they once were. No. Not and at all. This is part of the lawsuit. You see, you see, cat. Oh, all of that tea came out, cat. Oh, it's piping hot, baby. Oh, it's so hot. So they had a bunch of CEOs. You know those CEOs of these big publishing companies who absolutely know how their businesses run? Oh yeah, I'm sure. Who definitely know how publishing works? And what kind of money they're actually spending on authors? Oh, my God. Oh, they know, don't they? Oh, the, the train wreck. Oh, oh, the dumpster train. She goes ding, 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 dinkling along. So, obviously, the CEOs of the companies are in favor of the merger um and they are of the belief that nothing will change the the non-competition clause is fine nothing's gonna like even though that there's no legal way that they can um they can basically make it so they will still compete um like they claim to have looked into finding a way to make it so that they all are still going to be competing for books even though they're merged there's no way to do it, according to them. No, no one will no. have enough money to compete with PRH. <laughs> no, no. Um, and so they, they have gotten into the nitty gritty of things like, okay, Mr. CEO man, um, Mr. Carp, <clears throat> how much? Uh, <laughs> how much is an average advance? I want you to just mm, give me a little, mm, little nibble of a little number that you think is an average advance. A very, uh, oh, oh, sorry. Hold on. One might even say a low advance. Is this for a, like a traditional adult fiction? Yeah, let's like just adult? say right down the middle. Traditional okay, literary fiction. If we're talking about picture book authors. Nope, nope. <laughs> oh, it's even sadder. Um, I would say an average advance, and I have no idea mm-hmm. here. Would well, you're be... about in the same, probably in the same realm as him, so you're fine. <laughs> I mean, I imagine it's shit. So I'm guessing that people probably get what, like, five to ten k. Oh, according to Mr. Carp, it's a hundred thousand dollars. 
oh, he's out of his fucking mind. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And a slightly higher end, but also very average number is 250. Um, and so the, the DOJ's argument here is that if this happens, authors will get much smaller advances. And also one of the things they, they broke down. And one of the reasons I personally was like, yeah, well, fuck that. I don't want to do that is because they were, they've been talking about how authors in the last 10 years have been getting smaller advances, but they've also been getting their advances broken up into four and sometimes five payments now it's imagine, not an advance yeah and and some of them you don't even get the advance until the books are printed i'm sorry that's not an advance so let's say let's say you are getting like ten thousand dollars right which apparently is nothing but pennies to mr carp and would never they would never do that to an author but let's sure. just say it's ten thousand dollars okay uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. for a traditionally published author that money is broken up into four parts. Okay, not only that, but it also has to be split with an agent. Not only that, yeah. but you are not going to make a dime more than what you got after taxes and agent until your book hopefully makes those $10,000 back. Remember, you're a contractor, which means you get taxed even more. Uh-huh. And I imagine, I'm not for certain, but I imagine you get no benefits whatsoever. No bennies. No bennies. So speaking of, hilariously, um, Stephen King took the stand uh, on behalf of the DOJ. And uh, it oh, has I been a parade. This. It has been like oh, the fun. best thing. His his testimony was so out of control. Hilarious. It was great. Um, when they asked him to introduce himself, he said, he said, uh, my name is Stephen King, and I'm a freelance writer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Now, not all writers have been uh, on the, who have been on the stand have been f- against the merger. I feel like most of them, but the defense did have their own. Absolutely, like, the wildest testimony has been um, a couple of... It's mostly been narrative nonfiction uh writers who get up there and who only ever sell bestsellers and they get up there and are like one of them said um god he said something like no writer would ever negotiate for a higher advance because they would be terrified of not earning out i don't care if i earn out if you give me a hundred thousand dollars thank you very much i will keep that I don't need royalties. Yes, seriously. (laughs) I don't care. I got 100K, baby. And on top of that, when asked, when pressed to to find out how many, what the percentage of books is that earn out, by which I mean, if you are not following along, earning out means that you made back the advance and started making royalties. When asked, less than 2%. Yeah, there's no fucking way. Less than 2%. Do you know who that author was? Uh, it's Durig or something. Huh. Yeah, oh, yeah. the history writer? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, narrative nonfiction. Yeah, um, yeah. So those the, those are the terms. That's what we're dealing with. This absolutely bug nuts broken system that we have inherited <laughs> from 500 fucking years ago is on the stand right now. They are having to break down everything from what midlist is to how advances work to how agents oh, work. Great. And so there are a couple of um, publishy, Publishers Weekly uh, journalists who are live tweeting 
every second of the trial. I love it. Look at us getting our own controversies. It's great. I mean, they're there, but I no mean, one really talks about it. No. We're kind of it really escapes our bubble. Boring. It really does. Um, people don't care. <laughs> and people have been tuning into this and being like, holy shit. And so, of course, one of my favorite things to happen was when... Um, I think his name is David Carp or whatever. He came up and he's like, a, he's I think he's the CEO of PRH. Um, mm-hmm. When he said that the $100,000 was a low advance, all of the agents I follow were like, hmm, can't wait to take that to my editor. I know, right? Oh, so that's a low <laughs> advance? Then that's our minimum. Thank you very much. I just don't, I don't understand, like, what authors does he think they're selling like yes there are some very high names but like you know you publish like thousands of books yeah like a season bud (laughs) not everyone's getting a hundred thousand no and this is on top of like the one of the things they're talking about is this no competition thing right so only a very very small fraction about 20 percent of books go to auction what that means is a an agent presents a book to several different editors you say, hey, my yes. client wrote this. It's amazing. And publishing houses go, I want that. If you are extremely lucky, a publishing house will go head to head with other publishing houses to try and outbid each other to purchase the manuscript because they love it so much. A lot of times this comes with things like a love letter from an editor to say, like, yeah. here's why I love your book. Here's how I think we can make it better. Here's what I want to do. Here's the marketing plan. Like, they go all out. And the numbers can get insane. Millions and millions of dollars for a single book from an author that may not be known. Um Again, only like 20% of books go to auction. Well, if there's only like three companies, <laughs> good luck. Yeah. Good luck. What's, what's, gonna that, what's the landscape going to look like? Um, and so that is a lot of what they've been focusing on. But one thing that I found really refreshing was this judge. This judge is amazing. Basically, a narrative nonfiction author came up there and was talking about his experience and how he doesn't, he, I think it's Durek again. He was like, oh, you know, I, I don't know who would ever do this. Like, I don't think anything's really changed. It'll all be fine. Like, I don't care. Um, and she was like, well, okay, how many bestsellers do you have? And he rattled off like all of his books are bestsellers. She's like, okay, um, I don't think that your testimony is relevant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was like, you, you are an outlier. <laughs> yeah you were you are not the majority friend it's not, not even applicable close. at all to anything we're talking about <laughs> oh wow that's phenomenal. so good so all of this is coming out now people are like okay that's what you think people are making F- okay sure right all right moving on let's talk about the support you offer authors okay so yeah. let's say Everything goes perfectly. Let's talk about that path again. You went to an agent with your book. The agent loved it. The agent signed you on. You worked on the book with an agent. The agent then pitches it to publishers. The publishers then go head to head to buy it. You pick the the one you love the most. Sometimes that's not the one that offers the most money. Sometimes it's the editors that you think are the best fit right. for you. That yeah. happens all the time. Um, fabulous. It's like, it's like the voice. Yeah. I mean, like... Uh, I think um, where the crawdad saying went to auction, like a, a bunch of different, like if you there, if it was a big hit, it probably went to auction. I don't want to say, but there are so many books that went to auction mm-hmm. that my friends 
it was a huge disappointment. Mm-hmm. Oh, can you? That's I something mean, they've like, also brought up. Yeah, they. Yeah. It, it's it's even if you go to auction, honestly, like the publishers try to make a big deal out of it. But yeah. again, if you're <laughs> If you're looking at going into the millions, yeah. the publishers are going to expect they're going to make millions. Yeah. That's insane. They also they also tend to they're they're looking at it as a bet. It's all a bet. They're they're gambling. Um yeah. hilariously one of the the um CEOs from Random House said that uh that's why they're called Random House cuz it's random. Oh. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> very no, good right no. very good hilarious Did you definitely know your business people? they just they've had a year to prepare and they still are just floundering honestly um, i i think i was also a little underprepared i really appreciate uh the sort of vibe the doj is going they are so aggressive with it like it's hilarious they are calling them out they have binders and binders and binders of all of these numbers and they're just calling them on on the fucking floor for how ridiculous it is um i'm i'm cautiously optimistic about the outcome of the trial because it doesn't sound like anyone is on the side of of simon schuster and prh it is hilarious um but the, well, so what they've been talking about is okay so we went to auction we paid all this money we the book is now with the publishing house author is signed on what happens next mm-hmm. now we get into the talk about marketing ah oh, the beast the ah, beast itself the beast so some really interesting things came out about marketing um and that is to say that it's 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 horseshit. It's absolute horseshit. Yeah. Um, because basically, if you are a big first-time author, so let's say they they go to auction, it's your debut, right? Um, and they spend a bunch of money on you. They are likely to match it, at, or you know, the put a, put a decent chunk of change, right, into your marketing plan. That includes. Right. Um, publicists that includes, you know, uh, tour, all of this stuff that you, the traditional stuff that you think of authors having. Right. Um, if you're a debut now, if you are someone who's published before and did well, you don't get anything. No, well, cause I assume your name alone will carry it. It should, shouldn't it? It yeah. should, shouldn't it? Or That's if why you so many say sophomore novels fail. Yes, exactly. Or if you're like, say, give have a moment on TikTok, well, that should do it. We don't need to give you a budget. We don't need to give you give you a publicist. Now, yeah. if you are on the low end as well, oh well, we didn't pay that much for you, so why why would we give you, you a just shit budget? Out, bud? So how are books supposed to earn out? They don't. So on the stand, these CEOs are having to confront the math of what they are paying versus what authors are getting versus the amount of authors who earn any money on royalties. This is all hinging on the fact that PRH is a massive company. Yes, it has been around for over 100 years, whatever the fuck. Yeah. How do you think, in the face of all of that, PRH is making its money? Use your bookseller by... brain. <laughs> Not by the books? Backlist. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Backlist is 
quote, books that were published a long time ago or last year. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's like, that's the, the, the dirty secret that no one likes to talk about, but it's so true. Like front list is where people put all the excitement and it's what is talked about. But I mean, it really should be a much smaller portion of your budget. Front because... list is new books, usually hardcovers, new yes. and shiny, beautiful, bunch of pub put behind it. Um, most of those end up getting returned from bookstores because they don't. Yes. Sell. Like if you are, you are lucky if a front list book becomes a backlist book, mm-hmm. that's just like, that's mm-hmm. huge. Like mm-hmm. bookstores, the way they make their money, the majority of the way they make their money is by backlist. So the idea of putting as much money into front list as the publishers want us to is kind of insane. It's insane. It's insane. And so all of this circles around to the other point. So not only does this harm authors, so authors are not getting any more money besides whatever low advance that the competition deems they get. So if I want to circle around that point again here, if there are fewer big publishing houses, authors are already not getting any dime from their royalties. They are just getting the advances. If there is less competition for books the advances will be lower so we so we got that we got that yes yes check that off the list circling to what happens to smaller publishing houses they don't have the backlist no so they can't survive so they just get eaten up they get ed up random house bought 32 imprints last year and they closed wow. 32, and then they, quote unquote, opened 32. Huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 32's a lot. Jesus. 32's a lot. wonder what they're doing with those. Oh, I know. Closing them after a year because yeah. they stripped them to the bone. There's no one wants to work from it, them anymore. All of the editors leave. Right. If they like any authors, they move them to a different imprint. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And this is circling around. Of, we're like a drain. We got, we're circling and circling and circling. Because we're also circling around the fact that at the same time we are having a conversation wider in the industry about publishing burnout. All of the hot new publishing professionals that are passionate about what they do, passionate about books, passionate about culture, um, are leaving because they're not being paid enough. Their jobs are super oh, yeah. unstable. And so the only people who are left are these fucks. <laughs> yeah. It mirrors the whole industry too. Yeah. Like, you know, publishers, bookstores, like there's no, there's not, there's not, it's a very hard job. It's so <laughs> it hard. It's paid very unwell. Oh my God. All, all of around. It, all of it except all, everyone is paid so little. And does so much unpaid labor to get these books out into the world from booksellers to authors to publishing professionals at the lower end to the low to mid range, right? Everyone is doing an incredible amount of unpaid labor to make books that they love. Agents yeah. are like everybody. It's it's uh, the story of publishing. The people who are being paid the most and who are making these choices are not publishing professionals. They are this weird business elite sitting at the top who are looking down and going like, yeah, $100,000 doesn't sound like very much. That's definitely what we pay all of our authors. (laughs) Fuck off. No way. 
you know, like I'm, I felt like I was losing my mind. <laughs> they just, I don't think they understand like what their books sell for. No. And there's this like, like, do you even know like what your profit is from the books that you make? They don't want to like, admit that it's backlist in the same way that they don't want to fucking admit that the backbone of their business is built on fucking romance. It's they don't <laughs> they don't want to admit it. They want oh, it all to be it. this like shiny culture, like like oh look at us. We we bring these beautiful new books into the world. We, we cultivate dreams, is what one one of the fucking CEOs <laughs> said. They cultivate dreams, and and there that's why he calls his publishing professionals angels. Like fuck. You. Ew. I is can't... that real? Yes, that's a real quote. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. No, sir. I'm, no, I'm. I am rage. I'm all rage, and I just. If ever you wonder why it is the way it is, and why so many people are turning to self-publishing now, this is why. This is yeah. Why. Because if this is what's happening, if I, a normal human being, get published. Which could still happen, right? If I get published through a traditional publishing house, if I get an agent and it goes to a publisher and they buy it, I will almost certainly get a small advance. I will also probably not earn out. I will also probably have to pay for all of my own publicity. That's another thing that came out is that a lot of these people are like, oh, yeah, we give them a large advance so they can pay for their own publicists. Oh, that's such a slap in the face. Oh, that's so so if you're also if you're not one of those people who's getting a a hundred thousand dollar advance, congrats. You also are your own publicist. You can't afford to get another publicist. Uh-uh. You probably have another job to support yourself. Oh, absolutely. And if you're trying to and marketing your own book is a full time job because they're not gonna do it for you. They nope. have a set list of people they're gonna market. Yes. It's not gonna be you, friend. It's not gonna be you. I think you and I have experienced when uh, a rep pushes a book really, really hard. My first thing that comes to my mind is The Invisible Life of Fatty LaRue, which is objectively a fantastic book. But do you remember the push? Yeah. Oh. Oh, it's... it's. There are a lot of books. I like don't even want to mention them because I feel yeah. so bad for the authors. But there are a lot of books that... I have sat in a room and I have been told how incredible this book is going to be and how it's going to take off. Mm -hmm. And, and you, and you just kind of, you sit there and you feel bad for the authors yeah, because you know that like, you know, one in 20 of them are actually going to see a Mm -hmm. decent sophomore novel and a career, but most of them, like it's, you know, it's like a a one hit wonder, like it's there. It was there. Now it's gone. It was there, it was good, and then they didn't get any, you know, actual sustained support, and their sophomore or sometimes, novel tanks. Also, I know this is kind of fucked up, but the book was not that good. They had a bidding war for no goddamn reason mm-hmm. that was, like, a huge shock of the town. They spent millions of dollars, and then the book was good. Sure, I'm sure it was well written, but mm-hmm. you think about the audience who you're selling it to. Like you need to sell it to a whole group of people who might not agree with you they because tr- they're not in the fucking industry. They try to be hit makers, and that's always yeah. going to be a crapshoot. That's always going to be a, yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily have any problem with that side of the business if they weren't just so royally screwing everyone else. Yeah. Um, 
all the way from their own publishing professionals down to the author, um, without whom they would have nothing to work with. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, at its fundamental state, if the authors can't feed themselves, they don't write books. Yeah. And that is what is being threatened here. Because absolutely, if we get this huge merger and then probably another huge merger in the next two, three years, we'll end up with like two publishing houses, maybe. And those publishing houses are not only going to erode from the inside as everyone mutinies and as the the giant system begins to fail because it can't sustain itself they're also going to be buying less books they're going to be buying books for fewer dollars and fucking the books aren't going to be written yeah because where's the incentive there yeah why would it's yeah it's i mean no i know there's a love of the industry but there's only i also like to eat yeah, there's always so much you can ask of people, you know, especially people who you still like talking to someone who's like, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, this person I know, like got published. They're like, oh, my God, that's amazing. I'm like, nah, really? Like, it's cool. It's great. It's cool. But it's, you know, it's like earning a badge in Girl Scouts, you know? Yeah, I'm always like, like it's a oh. long, hard road. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, like you're... <laughs> how's it going? Are you okay? Like, that's usually my feeling. Um, and that's why I think so many, so, so many authors are choosing to go hybrid now, which is to be both self-published and traditionally published. Um, because they were facing severe income insecurity by just being traditionally published. Right. And huge authors too. Yeah. Like there are bigger authors who, again, just like look it up and look around at your favorite authors and see if they're starting to do side projects Uh that have nothing to do with their publishing company. Uh Things that are done directly from consumer to author because Presley Cole, Brandon Sanderson. Mm -hmm. That's where they're making their money, you know, because that's. And it's it is hard because uh, those people themselves are outliers because they are you know already famous. Their books are going to sell regardless, right? Right. Um, and more power to them. You know, I fully believe that they should get all their money. They shouldn't. You know, if they don't, if that's how they want to do it, then fine. That's perfectly fine. Um, but in court, it has been brought up that self publishing is itself becoming competition, um, to the big five. And they're using the framing of Brandon fucking Sanderson's $41 million Kickstarter, which is the biggest outlier of outliers to ever outlier. It is, though. Yeah. Um, I would say I don't think independent self-publishing, it's not it's a totally different thing. I don't even think it counts as competition. It exists on its own. Like, it's not. This this weird fucked up world of traditionally published like stuff is its own thing. Yeah, I, self publishing is a one woman show. Like you can't compare that to like a corporation whose job it is to get these books out without like, that's like insane a union of self published authors. There's no yeah. industry pull. There's it doesn't it it doesn't count. It just doesn't count. It's like saying that everybody who owns a hot dog stand um can compete against the fucking big food lobby like no no (laughs) like that's not how that works no um yeah i don't know i just i've had i've had a rage i've had a rage about it and i felt very vindicated as a lot of i think people have 
felt both vindicated and um, just so desperately hopeless as they've listened to this testimony. Absolutely. I think, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I did not expect much from this. I didn't think mm-hmm. that anything, I, I thought that it was just going to be some boring testimony and then mm-hmm. Simon becomes Penguin Random House mm-hmm. because there are some other, there's some other mergers that have happened lately that I have been with, with, smaller publishers they're not part of the big five but they're core like everyone buys from them Mm -hmm. they are something that you know 90 percent of bookstores will order from these small publishing Mm -hmm. companies and they have been snatched up by the bigger ones and no one talked about it and no one talks about it right like you lose your rep you lose the you lose the person you've been working with and you get sad and then you think to yourself huh this publisher is too big to handle the books that they have right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm already worried about, you know, having enough books and now you're going to throw on another imprint yeah. of important books and tell me that you're going to handle it. Sorry, bud. I know how you ship. You're not going to handle it. <sighs> the cynical part of me, like I know that fundamentally they, they want to keep books. They want to keep making books because that is their business. Right. But the cynical part of me looks at that and goes, well, they're just they're just a fucking strangling vine. They want to strangle any competition. They buy it up and they kill it so that there's no competition. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that that's not completely true, but I am also sure that it is somewhat true. So competition's good for the soul, man. Competition's great. Competition's it's great. Good. It's good. The, the whole point, like their whole economy is based on the fact that competition is a good thing. Yeah. Constantly trying to ruin it. It's not really going to help anyone. And it's it's extremely short-sighted. And it's all about these, you know, like 20 people making a bunch of fucking money. Yeah. David Carp on the stand had to admit that if the merger goes through, he does get a bonus. Um, He's like, oh, it's a standard part of my contract. Uh-huh. Sure, buddy. Okay. Wow. Um. Yeah, and I'm just I I think it's it's a bit of a reckoning. I don't know if anything fundamental will change based on it, but I I do think it has been nice to see people be like, oh, the things we all knew because we all individually have been treated like dog shit, right? But yeah. you just suck it up because what pull does an author have, right? Right, as much pull as a small bookstore. <laughs> yeah, about about none. You just take the scraps that are thrown to you and you say thank you. Yeah. Um, because because what do you do? You risk being blacklisted, and your career's gone. If you, you could yeah. even manage to have one. Oh, I mean, especially as an author. Oh, you're so fucked if you speak out. Oh, I mean, you're that's fucked. why Stephen King went on the stand. Yeah, they can't do anything. Uh huh. Uh huh. Stephen King's just fuck it. I don't care. I mean, Christ, um, he's published by Simon. Yeah. Yeah. And Simon, Simon's the one that wants to get bought. They've been trying to get bought. <laughs> yeah, they would. He he absolutely does not give any shits um, uh, he's great in interviews to be honest i never knew i was like you're really funny bud he's hilarious he's such a fucked up dude he's so funny yeah. um yeah so i just it's it's um it's disheartening it's also vindicating uh i i feel very good about my choice right now <laughs> um <laughs> holy shit do i feel good about my choice like it's a lot of work but damn it's not that yeah you also like you'd be dealing with a lot of disappointment like the initial like oh my god i got published and then like oh my god where is everyone oh my god (laughs) oh you don't actually care about selling my my romance novels oh wait you're gonna change my cover change my plot and then you're not gonna market my book for me yeah huh why are you here 
yeah, what are you doing for me? Oh, I have to pay for all of my own marketing? Huh. <laughs> Weird. Weird. Man, it is... And then, of course, you know, I'm like, but support your local authors, buy the books. <laughs> I mean, fuck it. If the books are published, please buy them. Yeah, please, please, please support let the them. authors. Like, it sucks that you're also supporting fucking Penguin Random House, but like, please also, please, please buy the books for these poor authors in these yeah. poor bookstores. Like, it's not our fault. Um, yeah, I mean, much like a lot of monstrous companies, there are a lot of people who make a lot of nothing who really care about what we're doing. And their hands are all over it, you know? And I, I do feel bad because a lot of these editors have taken a stand. And, like, I, you know, I think you don't get into this business, really, like, at that level if you don't love it. And yeah. they talk about, like, the things that they'll do to try and win it, you know, a book over to their to their house. And it's 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 a very charming part of publishing this like personal relationship thing of like you have to date them you have to try and get oh, them yeah. to like you and to show how much you love their book and like that's beautiful that's a wonderful weird thing <laughs> um and and i and i want to keep that i i just i think there's something so broken at the heart of this and so many people are getting the fucking shaft publishing people are getting the shaft authors are getting the shaft agents are getting the shaft like eight also i want to say shout out to fucking agents y'all like listen i know the gatekeeping stuff sucks this yeah if you've ever tried to get a novel published and you've sent out query letters and you've been rejected a hundred times like me it sucks it sucks i don't blame agents for making the you know decisions they have to make or for the system being the way it is they didn't make it but it does suck i will say a lot of agents have to also have jobs on the side oh yeah because they're oh. not making enough money because if they're if their authors are being paid in tiny pittance and in four installments guess what they're getting an even smaller cut absolutely and yeah. if that you know if the publisher if they if they choose this publisher and the publisher doesn't deliver on what they promise yeah you they know? also lose out yeah they lose out a lot yeah. And that's why they have to juggle so many. It's like it's a numbers game. The more people you have, the more possibility that you can actually make money off of it. Yeah. So you're going to have to juggle a lot of people and not give enough people your time. Kind of put it in a shit place. I every everyone's in a bad place. Everyone's in a bad place except for these motherfuckers. Except for stand. the very top. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Always. Um, and 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 the the very rare, truly wealthy authors that yeah. their name alone can sell a book but that's very rare and, and so the industry rare. revolves on that a lot they mm -hmm. they revolves <laughs> it does they they rely on the fact that like they're like oh yeah you, your name recognizable now and i'm like how that's what yeah. i always think like i always judge whether i'm gonna buy a book if their name recognizable i'm like book trailers are really only a thing for huge nerds <laughs> yes they used to play on cable TV, you know, when you used to see like a book from like James Patterson coming. Oh my god, out, I saw you know? I saw a book trailer for Twilight in two thousand eight, and like blew magic. My mind. Yeah, but like that stuff isn't on there anymore. Like no one's no. advertising books in those ways because they don't spend money in that way. No. They don't spend money trying to sell books in like mainstream media, which I know sounds insane because you think, well, how else do they market? But they don't do it that way. No. They're trying to specialize it. So it ends up reaching a smaller audience, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And it's not just like the fact that you have to remember the title of a book. Mm -hmm. You also have to remember an author's name, which I know mm -hmm. sounds crazy, but it's like the difference between like, you know, remembering the main actor in the movie and the movie title. Yeah. 
I feel like like that's you're gonna, just a, you're gonna a, know a handful. Step. You're gonna yeah. have like a few for sure. But getting someone new into that handful of names that everybody knows is it's a one in a million. It's yeah. like out of all of the books that are published every year, I mean, an author is so, so lucky to get a few people, really, in the grand scheme of things, to want to buy another book by them. Um, oh, yeah. And like, the, the, sorry, you go first. No, I'm just, I'm like f- fucking staring into the abyss. I'm like, I'm like going, I'm going to a spiral because like yeah. what's even funnier about the whole thing is that it's a well-known joke that someone, right? The whole joke of like, oh, well, you know, I don't remember the title of the author, but the cover is blue. Yeah, fuck. How are you supposed to sell based off of that? Do you know mm-hmm. how many displays I have done that are like, if you like this, you'll like this. Or mm-hmm. if you like this author, mm-hmm. if you like this book, hey, check out their second book. Because you have to remind the customer. Yeah. It is a more difficult thing to remember. And it's a a marketing like trick that they've never really fully addressed. I feel like mm-hmm. if they tried, they they could make it work, but they don't try that hard. Well, now they feel even less inclined to try hard because they think that the internet media. does it fucking for them. And yeah, it exactly. doesn't. And it no. doesn't. I, it's so, it's so frustrating. I Imagine having a conversation with a rep, who I love, by the way, I love yeah. all of my reps, but imagine having a conversation with a rep. They're doing their job. And yeah. some of them are, are on commission, by the way, which is unfair in a whole different way. But you're having <laughs> a conversation with the rap and they're like, oh, but they're huge on, on book talk. And I'm like, okay. But like but do people buy their books. Yeah. And where are books? they buying them? Yeah. If they're on the internet, are they going to buy them from the internet uh-huh. Uh-huh. or are they going to go to the bookstore? Uh-huh. Also, I'm going to be honest with you, bud. Most of the people on, <laughs> on book talk are much younger like a good portion of our customer base is much older. Mm-hmm. I know you're pushing this book because the internet is talking about it, but no one else is going to have context on this book if I bring it into the store. No, no, it's a it, it's it's a baffling, a baffling thing. And I and I understand it sounds like oh we don't need to spend money on this thing because this thing is being done without us. Great, cool, cut it. But it's so so wrong and so bad for them in the long run like i just want to revisit that number that two percent of books are earning out that means that two percent of books are earning what they spent to buy it that is not including the man hours paid to bring the book to market yeah so i i just it's it's infuriating it's infuriating and if and if the merger goes through it'll be that much worse um and God help the reckoning. I don't know. Like it'll it'll be bad. And I I I'm optimistic because it doesn't sound like anyone's particularly on PRH or Simon Schuster's side. Um, but but I don't know. You know who knows. I, it's very interesting. I need a hot shot. I'm uh, I thoroughly enjoy that we did this episode. I thank you. Thank you for being on. I thought I couldn't think of anybody better to just rage about the publishing industry with for a while. Oh, yeah. Because there's so much to rage on. There really is a lot. I mean, it's a wonderful place, but like. But it's a 500 year old fucking system that's broken and it's been broken since its inception. And it's too corporate for like, it's not. The idea of books is so romanticized. We've talked at length about Mm -hmm. how people like are like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, I want to work in a bookstore. 
it's that same sort of thing where all of this stuff is really romanticized, but it's yeah. not like, that's not, that's not the reality of the situation. Yeah. yeah. And it's business at the end of the day and it's business for, for everyone involved mm -hmm. from, you know, unfortunately the author who's sharing this piece of art that they poured their soul into, hopefully let's be real. We've read yeah. some books that haven't, um, <laughs> For the the editors and and the publicists who who truly care for the booksellers and the bookstores who are doing it to try and create a space for community mm -hmm. and a space to mm -hmm. like share what they love. Mm -hmm. Oh man, it's a complicated industry for sure. It's, it's like so sloppy. It's that what's that what that guy said where he's like they're all my angels. I'm like that's what the persona of us is, but that's not what's happening. Yeah, you clearly. Either that's a rehearsed line or you have a fundamental misunderstanding of how your business works, which honestly sounds it's the more likely to me. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, it's it's a very interesting, though, because in this context, I know this sounds crazy, but this is not how I framed this. You know, listen, I'm busy. Yeah. I should probably be <laughs> paying more attention to this stuff. But really, at the end of the day, like when you're working a retail job, when you're trying to run a retail business, you are living day to day. That's... Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. Um, and I was looking at it a different way. Yeah. Um, and I'm also not an author. So I know going through all of this, oh yeah. Feel some sort of way, fam. As a bookseller, I feel a certain way. Like as a bookseller, I'm relatively unmoved, like you said, where I'm like, yeah, okay, so we Does were retail, same day, Simon different Schuster's shit. Books are going to be shit now when they come in. They're going to be like misprinted and miscut because that's what PRH does. Uh, cool. I should not be talking about how I feel about individual publishers and how they treat their books. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I learned in the trial, PRH is the only person who has only person. <laughs> Corp I mean, legally speaking person uh, anyway they're only corporation uh publishing house that has its own in-house printer yes they are so and that oh, oh can i tell you can i tell you how great that is because a lot of other publishers mm -hmm. are relying on printing houses yes. that yes. are not printed in the united states uh-huh and they're all i mean to just to take to take your whole product and to put it in the hands of someone else somewhere else mm -hmm. and then just to like expect that it's going to show up on time i mean i think the stark reality of shipping has really been hammered home to everyone during the pandemic i think like we finally people actually got it that things do not show up by magic like books ended up at the bottom of the ocean and there were no books like there were fires there was yeah. literal a fire in a mongo warehouse a huge warehouse and they couldn't even it's not that i thought it, it's not that there wasn't like they weren't printing enough they weren't working fast enough it's that those books no longer existed they can't yeah. reprint all of those yeah easily if a that's like cargo years ship of goes work. down or if it's stuck in uh you know customs because a country is shut down due to covid like, if there's a giant cargo ship that's yeah. blocked a canal <laughs> that maybe has turned a little bit it scooched its boot like a little bit to one side in a way that it shouldn't have yeah yeah um it's oh, it's horrendous it's fascinating and that that is why i was like oh wow that makes sense on multiple levels why their books are sometimes busted 
Um, and also why they have much fewer supply chain issues is because they have they do. supply chain. Honestly, the, the thing about PRH is that because they are so big, like this yeah. is, this is the, this is the big kicker, right? Because they are so big, they have ability to do what some of the other publishers don't do very well, which is pack and ship their books. Yeah. Uh, and also pack and ship their books and get them to the bookstore on time. Yeah. I don't think you guys understand dealing with a publisher and being like, oh, so you're just going to lie to me. So yeah. I, I can't expect to have these unreleased date the day that everyone wants them. But a week later, no one will buy them. No one will remember. No cool, one cool, cool. Them. Great. <laughs> Ooh, the back orders. Ooh, the back orders. It's horrible. And it's like, they, you know, customers take it as a personal insult. You know, like, wait, like, how dare you not, not have We're not doing our jobs. Book? What do you mean you don't have it? How yeah. could you not bring it in? Oh, we tried. I'll be like, I'm so sorry. Uh, the publisher didn't realize uh, because they didn't decide to market this book that it actually would get big. So yes, I don't have the book that you want. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't print enough. I don't know. I wasn't even aware that uh, anyone was going to care. Yep. It is. It's it. the whole. All of that to say the whole system is a fucking mess, y'all. Yeah, it's such a big mess. A mess. Um, and you should buy books and you should buy books from independent booksellers. Um, and you should you should support the authors that you love. Um, loudly and voluntarily. Yes. Loudly, um, aggressively. It's fucking so hard out there, fam. Especially, honestly, big, big shout out to all the kids' books authors out there. Oh, yeah. Making we touched pittance. on it briefly, but picture book authors, oh, you guys, it's so sad. It's so sad what they get. And considering that it's a book that has to be split between the author and the illustrator, mm-hmm. can you imagine mm-hmm. getting nothing, having to split half of nothing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, really, I mean, illustrators get much less. They're fucked Illustrators all get boned. I really love that both of the professions you were going to go into was two that just were going to give you really, absolutely nothing in life. really just don't make any money. I mean, that is literally what I told my family. I was like, congratulations, I'm moving from one industry that makes no money to another industry that makes less. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, it's bad out there, y'all. And like, I, I think that y- you should support the creator's you love in the ways that are available to you if a creator has their books in bookstores buy them in bookstores if a creator has i don't know a web comic and a paypal support them that way like they if, have merch buy the if, fucking merch man buy merch hello i have good merch you should buy my merch i i just yes it is so hard out there and I think there is a kind of comfortable assumption that if you are doing something that looks like it's a like well-made product, right? A good book, a good piece of art, good music, whatever the fuck, right? If you are doing those things, then you must be making money. You must be supporting yourself. You must have help. You must have all this stuff. The answer to that is actually probably no. Um, yes. And so any support, even if you can't do any money, even if it is just leaving a review on whatever the fuck that thing is, even if that is just telling a friend about it, even if that is just, I don't know, writing a nice DM to the person who you admire um, or whose work you admire, I should say, that is enormously helpful. Um, and I'm coming off of like, you know, my book came out on Saturday, right? Like, and Woo-hoo. I, <laughs> yeah, thank you. And I've been, you know. <laughs> 
um, watching this absolute, you know, dumpster train wreck of, uh, of, of a thing, of a lawsuit. And I've just been thinking about, you know, the future of, of bookstores and as an artist as well. Like, I just put up new merch and all this stuff. Like, all of the things are kind of coming at me. And I've just they been... Really are. It just... I'm like, I'm over here just like, just... I just want everyone to know that it's not easy. And I know you probably know that intellectually, but as consumers on the internet, we inhale more than we ever think about. And I think it's yeah, really true. comfortable to not think of the human cost of the entertainment and the art that we consume. Um, and in that way, fuck the people who think that we're getting $100,000 per book. Fucking insane. I just, there's no logic to that statement. No. So please support. On average too. He thought that was an average. Low end, low end. <laughs> Makes me want to cry. I'm like, are you looking at your own numbers, bud? I'm not like, even I, fucking traditionally published and that pisses me off. Yeah, I like I run a small bookstore, not like a multi-million dollar company, but I yeah. can even tell you just based on conjecture that there's yeah. no fucking way that's no possible. Fucking way. No fucking way. No way. Um, yes. And the numbers get like more granular and there are, you know, there's a lot of really good stuff out there now. Everyone's talking about it. Like if you want to know the nitty gritty of this stuff, you have to get on Twitter, unfortunately. Um because it's a huge conversation there right now. God, Twitter. Um, I just learned how to use Twitter and I really bad. disliked it it's not immensely. Great. It's not great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, uh, it's not easy. And it's it's done, obviously, because we love to do it. Authors clearly are getting the fucking shaft. Um, artists are getting the shaft. These publishing professionals are getting the shaft. Support them in the ways that you can. Um, and yeah, and, and go fucking department of justice i guess i don't know like get them trust bust them baby go teddy on their ass i don't know teddy on their ass i will never i will never think of teddy roosevelt uh the same way quite frankly good for you yeah yeah Yeah. i really hope that theodore roosevelt was actually the one who did the trust busting or something fucked Do you want to look it up real quick? I'm going to go look that up real quick and just see if I need to do a little mea culpa here. I'm pretty sure it was Theodore Roosevelt. I think there was, I'm also speaking out of my ass, but I feel like there was a uh, some legislation that Obama put through helped make this easier to stop um, big corporations from meeting each other. Remember, like, years ago, they were talking about how there's, like, one mat manufacturer making every single beer can in the United States. Like, it's just, like, one person doing all of it. I, I can't even yeah. imagine. Like, that's so unstable. That's such a bad idea. Everything about that idea. is a horrible idea. I was right, although I said the Gilded Age was in um, post-World War One, and I was wrong. It's pre-World War One. Um, But, yes, uh, Theodore Roosevelt uh, was the trust. Sweet, sweet right. Teddy. Yeah. Thanks, Teddy. Um, He passed the Sherman Act against the biggest you railroad weirder. trust in the country. Can you imagine getting into a fight with Teddy Roosevelt? Fuck no, he'd kill me. Yeah, he's a he fights with crazy. I feel like. Oh, absolutely. He's also fucking blind as shit. So like, he would really just <laughs> <fist> flying <laughs> just everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Uh, real romantic that one. I think that's why I like him so much. I know that he was a you know racist, warmongering asshole, but damn. Yeah, he did love his wife. 
I do. I have when <laughs> when books come out about him, they're like, oh, everything he did for you know our national parks and the environment. And I'm like, yeah, but wasn't he like an absolute bastard? Yeah, but he was kind of a bastard though, wasn't he? Yeah, that is yeah. also true. That is true. Uh, yeah. he, he, he did just kind of like getting people killed for fun. Uh, his, uh, Teddy's Rough Riders going on a safari. Um, so I guess that's the episode. I need to come down from my rage high. Um, so Kat. Yeah, uh, Have some do, man. I don't think that would help me at. No, I think it'd make it worse. PM. I think that would be bad. Now my mom's <laughs> fucking in on the joke, by the way. And we stopped at the gas station today and she was like, do you want me to run in and get you a weird flavored Mountain Dew? And I was like, oh, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's never going away. It's never going away now. Um, do you have pluggables? <sighs> now I just kind of want you to be my history teacher. Very enjoyable. It'll just be me dropping a lot of F-bombs while I'm like, what is this history? I love it. That you can be that in our, the current events teacher. Oh my god, that makes me even yeah. more enraged. Um, yes, I do it like was. history. I do very much like history. I like reading. I mean, uh, what I read is history and romance, and like that's it. So that's who I am. My two sides. I'm very complex. Oh my goodness! What what do I want to? What do I want to plug? This oh. is what I want to plug. If you hear a friend is publishing in any form, self-publish or publish the traditional way, give them a hug. Yep. And promise to support their work because I promise you they need it. You don't need to read it, but if you could buy it and leave a very nice review. Oh, I should talk about the review my brother left on my book, shouldn't I? Oh, that was hilarious. No, <laughs> did you see it? I did. I was on, um, I finally, uh, got on the discord cause I remembered my password. Incredible. Good, good, good job. It's quite fun on there. Yeah. Yeah. That's the KOT discord, which you can join right now if you want. The, um, link is in all of the descriptions always. Uh, but yeah, someone posted it in there. Abs so- had her release party and it was phenomenal and hilarious you're basically you think you're watching a human train wreck you're like there's no fucking way that she's not gonna absolutely fail at yeah. doing the thing that she was doing can i spoil it oh yeah go ahead i mean oh, okay at making a cake like uh-huh. mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. i could tell some people were genuinely worried oh, and i'm yeah. sitting here being Abigail like knows in there yeah there's a, there was a lot and i'm sitting there being like this bitch is gonna fucking pull it off and it's gonna look magical and it's gonna de- defy all expectations because of how hard she is struggling right now and yet somehow it's like the youngest sibling thing yeah yeah chaos but it came out good Tasted it did great. It's, it was fucking great thank you by the way for you're the welcome. slice you're welcome you're welcome i told Allie not to eat both pieces because she was hoping i would forget it um so that she could take it home it's yeah. very rude yeah makes sense um yeah so it was fun and so you should join it um i i don't know if i'll be doing a lot more streams in in that uh server in the future i do mostly streams in my patreon discord so that is like every uh second sunday of the month um but uh for your listeners for your ears listeners your ears my brother left a, a really absolutely impartial review on my book, which said, uh, guy definitely not related to author. <laughs> Headline, emotionally fragile after reading this tour de force. 
Great read. Has lots of good words and pages. Feels heavy in the hand, but that could be the weight of my Kindle. Emotional breath of John Keats and the heart-thumping action of Die Hard. 11 out of 10. <laughs> so that's the only review that um I need or want. So in, unless you can top that, I challenge you to top that. <laughs> oh, please do. Yeah. Although, oh, it's fabulous. If they get increasingly more ridiculous, Amazon will probably flag it for spam. <laughs> I, oh, listen, you should look at some of the That's true. On That's Amazon. true. Some of, honestly, one of my favorite pastimes, uh, if anyone needs a, another hobby, is to go on Amazon, look up classic works, and read the reviews. Like, read reviews for uh, for 100 Years of, <laughs> 100 years of Solitude. Yeah. Read some reviews for that. And... Even if you like the book or didn't, right? Like, you know it's a classic for a reason. It might not be your taste, but, like, you understand that there's going to be some merit to it. Oh, it's amazing. It's phenomenal. If I've learned anything in the days since publishing my book, it's that um, reviews are bullshit and that they, they're stupid. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> reviews are stupid and it is bullshit. It's all bullshit, man. No, everyone's Honestly, been very nice to me. That's good. Because some of the reviews I have read for books, I'm also like, did you read it? Because it doesn't sound like you I've, I, I've, I've honestly, 99.9% I've stayed away from reviews. Like, I've been really, really good about not looking good. at it because, like, it ain't worth it. Um, But a couple of times I've gone to get the link to put it places, and it's automatically, like, scrolled down to the reviews. Oh, um, and I'm like, oh, no! And then I'll, like, see something on accident, and I accidentally saw one the other day, and I got a little salty about it. And then I was like, that's some bullshit. Th- those reviews aren't for you. They're not talking to me. They're not. They're not saying... Hello, author. Here's what I thought of your book. They're saying to fellow readers, this is how they felt. It's not my space. That yeah. being said, I was a little salty about it because I was like, I don't think you really read much romance if you think. And I was like, you're being petty. Stop. Um, so that's where I'm at. But if you want to get my book and review it and leave me a very funny review, uh, please do this. Please do this. Um, I want to can... review your book and gifts. Would be one of those people. That's probably for that's probably for the best that you can't do that it honestly is considering how many how many i found truly truly just by putting in the word release to celebrate your release day i really regret the fact that you figured out how to use gifts um (laughs) took a while but you got there brendan is the absolute worst yeah. He literally, he encourages me to not only say, but post the worst thing possible. Like, yeah. guys, your partner should have your back as in they should know when to put limits on your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't. It just he gets doesn't. worse and worse. No. Well, uh, all the links for all the things are going to be in the description. You can follow me on social media. You can send me an email. You can also send me real physical mail if that's your deal. Um, I have P.O. Box. All of that is in the description below. And uh, and shop at independent bookstores and support me specifically. Oh, also we got new merch, so there's new merch. Hell for the bookstore. yeah, the merch is great. as we talked and about. So, merch is really merch is great. You should you should buy it. Um, yeah. And so that's it. That's it today, folks. I'll catch you on on the end of the the dumpster train line <laughs> <laughs> on a new day. The sun also rises over the trash heap. You'll, you'll be digging in the dumpster for food. Yes. Yes. Because I'm an author and, and apparently $100,000 is nothing. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that's the end of the episode. Goodbye. Goodbye.
of Thirst is a member of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find all of our episodes and tons of new podcasts to listen to at frolic.media slash podcasts.